Welcome to the Million Dollar Multi-Op Podcast. Here, you're going to find education, entertainment, and a little inspiration on how to get to the next level. Are you a DJ company owner that's looking for the secret sauce? Congrats, you found it. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Million Dollar Multi-Op Podcast. I'm your host, David Osborne with BlueprintLearn.com. And today, I've got a friend on the podcast. And not only that, she has got, uh, she's got a list of accomplishments so long, and I'm going to list off a few here before we, we we bring her on. Owner of Our DJ Rocks Multi-Op in Orlando, Florida. Owner of Our Photo Booth Rocks in Orlando, Florida. Onyx, the luxury brand, brand also in Orlando. Now, also on top of that is a wedding pro educator, the host and creator of the Love Lead Excel podcast, and recently breaking out as a country star, Kristen Lee. Welcome to the podcast. Kristen Hubbard. Thanks, David. That's right. We've got our studio audience coming out today. And everybody out there that's a listener is a multi-op owner or an aspiring multi-op owner. And we are here to help them grow. We want to inspire, educate, and entertain all at the same time right here as we chat. So Kristen, um, I want to dive in today. I've, I've always been a big fan of yours and all of your work. And I don't even, you know, where do we start? It, you, you have so many different facets to your success, but let's um, let's focus on on your origin story of our DJ Rocks. When you started that company, was it just you as a solo op, or was that you plus other people? It sure was. It was literally just me, and I remember texting. Uh, a, a associate of mine. I don't even know how her and I connected. And I said, Hey, I think I need a logo. You want to like meet me at alehouse for lunch? And she said, yes. And I, at the time was working for the Nickelodeon hotel and some of our clients were, you know, SeaWorld and, and things like that. And so I, I would get annual passes to be able to give out as I pleased. And so, um, you know, her and I, worked out a thing. Um, she got to go to SeaWorld and I literally scratched the RDJ Rocks logo on a napkin and said, can you bring this thing to life? And uh, she sure did, uh, Melanie. And even to this day, like, you know, we're connected on on Facebook and she has seen, you know, every kind of like slight revision of the logo. Um, and, you know, the funnest thing is here's kind of like fun facts. So what I did at the Nickelodeon Hotel was I was internal marketing. That's not surprising at all. And I also was sales for the Smurf market. So I was in charge of military and um, basically first responders. And those markets weren't a thing for the hotel until I was like, they said, Kristen, go create two markets. I'm like, what is a market? How do I sell a room night? I don't know what a room night is. Well, my girlfriend who sat in the cubicle next to me, she used to work in Vegas at like the Monte Carlo hotel and like all these like big hotels. And she goes, okay, every Friday we're going to go to IHOP and we're going to brainstorm. I'm going to teach you how to do this. And so we did. And so, you know, within a couple of years, I had created two different markets that both produced, you know, a million dollars each, even after I left the hotel. So that's kind of fun. Whoa. Coming out with like absolute fire. <laughs> I actually had to fact check myself and like make sure that like I told you all the right info. Here's the coolest thing. I remember traveling all around the Southeast because what I did for my markets is it, th this, this is going to blow your mind, David. So 
One of my most favorite traveling trips was I got to go to the Pentagon, the actual Pentagon. You, you know, the thing in like Washington, D.C.? Five sides. Yeah, the thing with five sides. So I got to go there and and every military base, including the Pentagon, would have, and I, I couldn't figure out the name of it, but they would have family travel type trade shows. And so people like me would go in, we'd set up a trade show booth. Sometimes I'd, I would be allowed to bring a character with me, which always had to have an escort. So like, yes, who lives in a pineapple under the sea? Um but anyway, so I'd get to go on these bases and then I would promote, like, bring your families to the Nickelodeon Hotel. Here's your military discount, like whatever. So there was two times I actually got to, like, roll my little promotional suitcase into the middle of the Pentagon, into the courtyard and, like, be the promo girl. That's bananas, Kristen. I, I mean, a little bit. You had no idea about that. I just surprised you. I had no idea. And so you, you and SpongeBob are tight then. Like, you guys. I mean... I know, I know every bit of his rules. I know how he's allowed out, how he's not allowed out, how he needs to be escorted. Did you know that in marketing and in branding for Nickelodeon, you were never like there were certain characters SpongeBob was never allowed to be next to. And in addition to that, you were never allowed to use the word fun in your copy. It just had to be assumed through the colors and through the graphics and through the characters that you choose. What a killer education to pre DJ company because okay from I know you decently well and I know what you're good at and I always think of you as being good at marketing and branding and Canva and I, anytime I think I'm like mildly good at Canva I'm like then I see your stuff and I was like never mind um, but it makes sense now you know my background before being a full time DJ was as a teacher and you were um, in marketing like it makes total sense now okay oh this, my god and now your blueprint I love this yeah I taught little kids like little little five to 11 year olds music forever. Um, okay. So you had, you had the solo op. What year was that? Uh, okay. So I actually DJed part-time in college. So when I was in college, I uh, did an internship at an advertising agency. I also was a server server slash bartender. And then I DJed on the weekends. Okay. So I did that for probably, I don't know, five, six years. And then um, I, I worked for two people. They were both really good friends. And it got to the point where I told them, Hey guys, I think I, I think I want to go out and do this on my own. But the only reason why I did that was because there was a point in time where there was layoffs left and right at the hotel. And they were like, we're going to have to change your position. I didn't get laid off, but I knew at that point I needed to figure out what my next move was going to be. I honestly never wanted to leave that hotel at all. Like they even threw me a party. They, the executive assistant put my logo on a cake for me when I left. Like I never wanted to go. Um, and so I think it was 2010 that I started RDJ rocks as a solo op. Okay. 2010. So our stories aren't too far off. I started DJing just in general in 2008. Okay. But I went, I went full time in 2017. So, um, but I was doing both at the same time for a really long time. And can you give me just, you know, not year by year, but can you give me maybe in chunks, you know, the number of DJs that you had on the team between 2010 and 2020, uh, 2023, you know, just kind of give me the highlights of how that growth went. Okay. So, well, you know, we, we all don't want to talk about the panty, but it's a big part of life. And so... <laughs> 
Well, let's go to like where we all say we went. It was going to be the biggest year of my entire career. Um, and we had gotten to the point where we had like- You have to stop for a second. I'm stuck on the fact that you call it the panty and you just talked about SpongeBob, which is bikini bottom. And I'm just like, head is (laughs) too connected. There's too many connections happening in my prefrontal cortex or whatever. Listen, there has to be a little bit of entertainment while we talk business, so. Continue, continue. I just got stuck on that. Okay, yeah. Sorry. So, you know, fast forward and we had, we got to the point, if I remember correctly, we had about 35 people on the roster in general, but that included the executive team that included DJs and that also included event staff. And so we got to the point where we were booking about 10 DJs. And for us, that was huge. Um, and to give everyone a little bit of context, because I, I feel like in my earlier days, I would hear people say, oh, I have five DJs or like, oh, I have 52 DJs. And I want to be like, okay, but how many events are 52 DJs working? Cause like, is like one DJ only working like two a year? Can you please not count that in your numbers? Cause it's, it's jading my thought process of like what my boundaries and what my possible potential is. So at that time, we when when I say we had 10 DJs, we were marketing, selling, and operating about, I think that year I calculated, it was, it was almost a thousand shows that year, which for me is, is a ton. Um, we have now gotten to the point because it's taken me a, a little bit longer to kind of regrow post-Panny. It's been three years. <laughs> There's been a lot of personal life changes for me too. So I've, I've really had to take a step back and be like, okay, where do I want to grow? Um, but we're to the point now where we, instead of doing almost a thousand shows, we're about at 600 right now. And I am, I've got four full-time DJs and a few other DJs that are kind of like what I consider part-time where they're doing a few a month or they're seasonal. Um, and, you know, thanks to Blueprint, we've just we're working really hard to try to streamline our training because so much has changed in the last three years. Ooh, hit a little plug there for the old blueprint. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, that's cool. And I think you, you just, you just touched on something that I've thought about. I, I bet a lot of people have thought about, we know some of the same people that shall all remain nameless. And I know people who throw around, Oh, we got two dozen or three dozen or DJs, whatever. And I have a lot of conversations with DJs around the country because of the blueprint where a lot of people are like, there's, there's no consistency. You can have a team of, like you just said, 10, or you can have a team of five that do the same number of events overall. And uh, I always like to say, it's like, well, that's great, but you know, what are your margins? <laughs> like, that's cool. But what does that mean? Like, what is it at the end of the day? What is, who cares? Like, it only matters if you're paying your bills, you're supporting people, you're helping people grow and have a life you're growing where you want to grow and kind of like it was, you know, on your, your most recent podcast, like which way do you want to grow? And Mm then uh, like, are you, are you satisfied? And I think that's, that's it. You know, um, I've been a Gary Vee fan for a long time and he used to be the guy that only talked about hustle. And now he's a guy who talks about life balance and being happy. And, you know, just to watch that change over the past decade, I think it's, it's profound. Yeah, um, I'll tell you, there was a time where we, I, I was like, all right, boom, my whole focus for this entire year, and it was either 2018, might have been 2019, it was the year of hiring. Like, I <laughs> literally was at every recruiting event, I was online everywhere, and I had hired within a, a 
60 day time frame, about 20 people, 10 of them with the intent to be DJs, knowing that maybe five of them would actually come out and be a DJ. I I'm going to tell you that's way too much. I think I've gone through like four different seasons of hiring and training. And although, you know, hindsight's 2020, right? So I can't go back and be like, I shouldn't have done that. But each one of them has taught me something a little bit different. And I think for me, I just want to get back to like, what is my purpose for training? And how do I want to spend my time each and every day? It may be the right fit for someone to be go on a hiring spree and hire 10 people at one time to be a DJ. I think for me, I want to get to the point where I'm hiring a few at a time, because they they are actual humans. They're not robots. I can't like stick a flash drive in them and like download it, right? Like I'm getting a new MacBook Pro, right? So let, let me give you this example. It's about to get here in like two days. I'm literally going to use the cloning software to clone that, my current DJ laptop, and put it on a new one, right? I wish it was that easy with a DJ, but they're humans. You can't do that. So like okay. everyone... Everyone learns differently. They learn at a different pace. They might be better at one thing than another. And like, I think that developing talent is, is maybe the word that I should use because there's training and then there's also developing talent. And that's kind of the direction that I'm going. Hundred. Knew it was coming. Some, winner, some winner, chicken dinner. You got it. Yeah. That's, that's the money move right there because. You have to train people with intentionality and standardization and all the things we were just kind of alluding to, but then every person's a different person. That's my, my Ted Lasso, right? Every person is a different person and <laughs> they are because you could, everyone has, has to be shaped because they have deficiencies and strengths and there's this little topography to each human. Then you got to figure that out and how it molds and, and works in with a team and there's chemistry and all those things matter. And I think if you go sometimes too fast, you're going to miss out on all those things that make people unique and wonderful. Ooh, I have a fun fact for you. Speaking of training too fast, do you want yeah. to know what's the quickest I've ever trained a DJ? Ooh, tell me. Four months. Okay. Four months from the time I was like, she was like, okay, let's do this. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. And then it literally like, I, I had a calendar mapped out. From I think I think it was. Let me see. She may have done her first one on on August fourth. So if we were on, blah, blah, blah. if we rewind four months from that, she went on every single gig that I did, which was probably six to ten every single month. We did weekly, almost boot camps where it was like three to four hours in the warehouse, and she did her first event. It wasn't a wedding, but it was the first one. Um, we now have since updated that onboarding timeline. <laughs> Yeah. What's your, what's your onboarding timeline now? That's a great question. I need to pull it up because I literally just did it again, like three weeks ago. Um, but here's the thing, like I, I, I am in between right now saying to myself, okay, if you can't hit this benchmark by like the, let's say 90 day mark, I've got, we've got to stop and I'm not spending any more time. So I think that there's a fine line between what's the timeline and kicking someone out and saying you can't make it because everybody learns at a different pace. And here's one of the things that really helped me grasp that concept because I don't, I don't want to give absolute information on this podcast and someone take my word for exactly what it is. Um, it's a little bit subjective, right? So one of the things that I learned through my 
inward growth process was my guitar lessons, right? I'm sitting there and I'm like, dude, she's like, learn these three chords by next week and play me a, a song with only two chords in it. And I'm like, I have seven days to learn these chords and be able to switch my fingers between this and that. There's no way. Plus, I still have a full-time job. I need three employees who need me right now. And when am I cooking dinner for myself and having like my me time? I can't do that in seven days. I'm sorry. You know? Correct. You hit it on the head. Um, did you did you ever learn those chords? I can play each of them individually. Here's <laughs> the it's a transition between them that kills you. It it does. And here's the thing, because I'm having to change who I am and evolve who I am in the process. Prime example, I I I'm such a girly girl, okay? And I love doing my nails. I can't have nails and play the guitar. And I also don't like to have bare naked nails. So I'm like, okay, how can I, and, and painting my nails doesn't work because that chips, because I'm either, you know, typing or I'm physically setting up equipment or whatever. And like jail nails chip too easily. So I finally found these things. These are like um, little stickers you put on your nails. So I think I've finally gotten it down to where I can do my nails, set up DJ equipment and play the guitar. So I hope to be able to switch between three chords soon. Uh, I think you got it. I think you got it. So you're, you're taking the right steps. You I did, am. You did everything you needed to do, but it took you on your own timeline. So that kind of yeah. goes back to the same whole same thing. You, you have a plan that you got to follow. You, you know, there's a way to learn to play the guitar, but you had to mold a part of you to fit into that thing because you cared enough to do it. If you didn't care, yeah. you'd be like, never mind. My nails are more important. I'm out. Yep. So I think it also goes down to priority, which is one of the things we look for when we're recruiting and training. Our timeline is between three and four months pretty much every time. But again, I say that with the caveat that we have two brands and one of them can have a DJ that goes out after four months and one of them certainly cannot. So we're playing with the right ecosystem um, and we're working with the right people, the right people that have the right drive and the right uh, priority. Like when they're hungry and they're excited, it's totally doable. When they're not, it's not. But yeah, yeah. you know, I just pulled up our training timeline right now to kind of give us an answer. <clears throat> and honestly, we've broken it down into two phases, phase one and phase two. Because here's the thing. Um, it really honestly depends on people's schedule too. Like I've noticed if, if they don't have enough time to be out at events, they're going to take a little bit longer to train. And so, you know, we've honestly kind of worked, you know, with you and with the other people who've been on blueprint and, and said, okay, how do we do this? Because I can't, for us, it doesn't work. And, and maybe for everyone, it doesn't work to just throw someone in a blueprint and then let them fly on their own. Um, yeah. there's a lot of personalizing that we've been doing in the blueprint and, you know, <laughs> thank you for your patience for all those, because we, oh, yeah. we don't want, we don't want to just train can DJs. There's a certain way that RDJ rocks likes to do things. There's, uh, a certain expectation level in our industry of what industry professionals expect of us that makes us different than every other DJ company. And so it's honestly a learning curve for us too to kind of integrate um, the tools that you've created to make our jobs easier and then still be able to say, okay, what pieces are we keeping internally that make it, that that kind of keep the RDJ Rock sparkle on it, so to speak. Yeah. 
you have to you have to have I've said this before and people people would say to me when when it was, uh, the blueprint first came out say hey would you ever sell that to your people in your own market I'd say oh absolutely and some people are thinking that are fairly business minded would say I get it and other people would say are you insane like why would you allow your competitors or the people in your market to use the same train platform and I said well First of all, it helps more people. It helps actually, it actually helps raise our local industry and actually helps people have better parties. So that's great. But at the end of the day, none of those companies are owned by me mm -hmm. and run by me. And there's a certain, you know, je ne sais quoi to the way that I run my company and the way that you run your company. And they'll never be the same. They have their own identities. So it's totally fine because you're going to implement it your own way. You're going to talk to people your own way. You're going to have your own culture. Um, and that's 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 the secret sauce right that's the the crucial part is how you deliver what what you're doing it's your vision yeah your here's yes here's what's really cool i love that you just said culture because that is the piece that i think that you know anyone who's wanting to build a multi-op how do you set yourself apart it has to be your culture we we've been weaving the fabric of the ideas of growth and the ideas of how you grow and why you grow and culture and like all these little 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 sparkles right and we want to kind of bring it together so um we're coming up towards the end of 2023 and i'd like to know kristen what is your approach for setting goals for growth uh and you, you can answer it how you like it could be for the year it could be for the quarter it could be for the month. It could be for the day. I don't know. Like, what is your, what is Kristen's process for approaching growth? Oh, this is, this might be one of my favorite questions of all time because I actually have a year end process and I've had to remind myself what that is. And I always start with, with me first. I don't know if you've ever, have you ever heard of Zig Ziglar? Okay, so Zig Ziglar talks about the wheels of life, and there are seven areas of those. It's mental, spiritual, physical, family, financial, personal, and career, I believe. And so out of all these areas, what do I want to improve on in each of those? And what's interesting is that career is only one-seventh of that entire wheel. And so I think that it's important to have a full wheel. Um, and you know very well. And for those who don't know, I recently just lost my father um, within the, this year, actually. And so family for me has completely turned up on side of its head. So I'm going to have to sit down and say, how do I define family and where do I want to spend time and what are my goals in that? Um, there also is kind of this thing, if that doesn't resonate with people, um, I did Sandler sales training for a little while. And they have what they call the success triangle and they're there. If you, if you think about a triangle and the word success is in the center and the top of it, you've got your attitude, which is, you know, it could be your attitude towards your company, your market or yourself. And at the top of that, you is mind, body, and spirit. If you look at the bottom right triangle, it's your, it's your technique. So your tactics, your presence, maybe your mixing skills, things like that. Then off to the left is your behavior. So it's it's your goals, it's your plan, it's your actions, it's all those things. So that is kind of, you know, a mindset as well. Once I kind of sit down and I figure out, okay, what are where do I want to put my focus in my seven areas of life, then I can put the financial to that because I am I am such a left and a right brain type of person that my left brain is like, okay, I love all these ideas, but like how are we gonna do this? You know, how are we gonna financially support all of this? Um and I'll be really honest, like 
in the last probably 18 months, revenue hasn't been a priority of mine. It, it honestly hasn't. And so um, I think sometimes that that's okay to not say, I don't really care what the top line number looks like as long as like my house and my heart is good. Um, so that's kind of my process. Usually I'll put some sort of vision board to that. Usually I'll pull out some sort of fancy schmancy, you know, scorecard that Matt Redicelli has me do or Jerry, my fractional CFO, has me create these massive spreadsheets. I do think spreadsheets are sexy, especially when there's conditional formatting. So um, there does come a point where I'm like, okay, this is the budget. This is how many DJs. I usually am like, okay, Jenny, Stasia, what do you want your calendar to look like? How many events, you know, do you anticipate yourself working? What does your life look like? Um, how can I be a blessing in your life? Making sure that my team also goes through the same process that I do, you know, like, you know, has anything changed in your life or family? And how can I still be a part of that? And how can I still help you? And then I make sure that the, that the numbers align with what we want to do as humans. Um. I don't, there's no like word or sentence I think that I can say to re to respond to that, that actually de depicts how I feel about it because it's, it's a, it's a holistic approach of loving yourself, listening to yourself. And then it's like, it's the three words in your podcast, right? It's, 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 it's yeah. you. It's, it makes yeah. total sense because you're, you're being introspective. You're being intentional. And you're saying, listen, who do I want to be 12 months from now? And what are all these little subcategories that are required to get me there? What is, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Donald Miller uses the idea of a plane in his, in his business books. You know, in a business, you've got your sales is one wing and your marketing is another wing. And the revenue is the jet fuel that actually goes. And then you're the pilot because you're the CEO. And there's people on the plane, it's your customers. He uses all this. And he's like, because if you, if you, the goal is just to go somewhere. The plane just goes to a place. No one, no one on the plane cares about the wing or the engine. They just care that they get there. And then it's someone's job or a team of people's job to figure out how to make the plane fly to get there. But you're doing that process for yourself. You're like, okay, I want to go here. I want to be this. I want to show up in the world with this energy. And then you're taking it and then you're getting systematic, which is the part that I love so much. And you're, you're, breaking it down into little chunks and working out those chunks to move the plane where it needs to go. The first step is probably sitting down with your own self and saying, where do I want to grow in my seven areas of life? That's number one. That's personal. Second is probably having a conversation with like your inner household. So like if you're married or if you have a partner, if you have children, like, you know, are they on board with that vision? And is there anything else you need to you know, rearrange or compromise when it comes to that, then I think you tie your revenues to that. And that's when, when you bring out the scorecards and bring out the budget sheets and all those things. And then obviously talking with your team, because, you know, you can't be a leader. You can't be a leader without followers and you can't pay for followers. Just make sure that like it fits with their goals too. We're going to link how to pay for Instagram followers in the show notes today. <laughs> Just kidding. No, we won't. Uh, Kristen Hubbard, um, this has been truly remarkable. Thank you so much. I think that not only did I, I hope that there's some people out there that listen to this podcast that didn't know who you were or didn't know some of your value um, beyond with just what they see on Instagram, 
but I'm, I hope they get to know you through this time. And I learned some stuff myself and some good reminders as we're coming up to the, to the end of the year. Um, I can't wait to see you in person in 24. And um, real quick before we end, just a quick reminder to everyone who's listening. We do have free resources available, blueprintlearn.com slash resources. Go check them out. A lot of them are related to what we talked about today. And Kristen, is there anything you want to end on? Any uh, Anything you want to share? Or actually, just share, share with us how we can find you and any last thoughts. Yep. Okay, perfect. So if you want to connect and just see, you know, my life, sometimes I share music, sometimes I share business tips, sometimes I'm honestly just being authentically me. And so if that's a world that you want to be a part of on Instagram at meet Kristen, K-R-I-S-T-I-N, and that profile will take you anywhere else you'd like to delve into. Um, I would say, you know, the last thing I just want to leave people with is, you know, my not only the mission for RDJ Rocks, but my life mission and, you know, everything I come back to is love lead Excel. So always continue to love what you do, lead by example, and then Excel forward. And the one piece of advice I have for anyone who's either already a multi-op or thinking about mul being a multi-op um, is here's, here's my one thing. I can't tell you how many times I've ran the numbers because I want to quit. And the numbers tell me I can quit if and only if you have a burning desire to build people up and serve others is the only reason why you should build a multi-op because it will get hard. It will get very hard and it'll get challenging and it'll get taxing. And only when you come back to your why of wanting to build others up, inspire others and serve, will that keep you going? Couldn't say it better myself. <laughs> and on that Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Kristen, for being a guest, and we'll see you next time.